0: There's no need to wait, geeks. We are back. This is the Active Geek Podcast with your host, Jim and Chuck. And this episode, we are going to be talking about a movie that came out on Netflix this past weekend uh, called The Atom Project, which uh, was de- directed by Sean Levy, which we'll talk about his future in a little bit after the episode. But we're end- we're starting on a, som- a somber note uh, as we lost our Thaddeus Ross of the yeah, the Marvel Universe. Uh, William Hurt died at age seventy-one. That's terrible. Um, our thoughts are with his family. At least it wasn't, you know, painful. I guess they said it was natural causes and nothing, nothing crazy. But moving forward with the the MCU, I don't know how that's going to work because he seemed to be a prominent member of a couple shows in my mind. I was I was imagining him being in Secret Invasion. In Armor Wars and in uh, She-Hulk, so Disney is going to have to call a uh, call an audible on on this one. Uh, what do you think about the the loss of uh, William Hurt?
1: It's sad. I mean, he's he's been a great uh, actor for so many years. He's on so many good projects. Um, you know, Oscar nominated, Oscar winner, I believe. Um, I remember he won an an. What was he nominated for? Uh, a History of Violence. He was in that movie for like two minutes and he won an Oscar. And that just, or a uh, nominated for an Oscar. And that just kind of shows how great he was. And he was great as Thaddeus Ross. Yep. And after um, The Incredible Hulk, we never thought we'd see him again. And he shows up in Iron Man. And then we have seen him in Civil War and
0: Black Widow. You know,
1: he, Black Widow, he was great. Um, so I don't know if they'll try to recast him. Or just making another character. I mean, Thaddeus Ross is a pretty big character in the comics. Yeah. So I would say recast him.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a tough thing. This is kind of like the the negative that – or not even the negative, but like the risk that Marvel takes for being so calculated. Um, everything is strategic. Everything is planned. And you mm-hmm. don't plan for – Death of older actors younger actors in terms of uh, Chadwick Boseman so you have to cause call uh, an call audible maybe to the scheme of things Thunderbolt Ross wasn't as big as we made him as he was supposed to be right we were considering him Red Hulk moving forward leader of the Thunderbolts that could all be shifted and that could be now moved into the form of the abomination because we're seeing more of Tim Roth being Rumored in, in certain other projects, especially She-Hulk, but the loss absolutely sucks because he was yeah. a great actor and he added so much to the MCU in the short amount of time that he was in it. So uh, he'll be missed. Uh, I didn't think we'd start Definitely. off start off on a death, but we're going to go into another death. Uh, Scott Hall passed away today.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I knew he was on life support and they were t- thinking take him off, but I didn't realize he actually died.
0: Well, one third of the original NWO, uh wrestling legend, Razor Ramon, like, you know, nineties standout in terms of WWE and WCW. So uh two losses in a week, which sucks. Let's hope that myth of or that you know, that cliche of they come in threes, uh does it well, no, they did come in threes. Luis from Sesame Street also also died so, what a shitty week for for the fandom as uh, three pretty important people in, in their fields were gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, Razor Ramon was one of my favorite uh, wrestlers as a kid. I wasn't really big on the NWO. I didn't really uh, watch it. I kind of faded out at that point. But Razor Ramon, man, was, like, amazing.
0: Yeah, and so- Scott Hall was trying to get his shit together, and... That's uh, yeah, no. That's usually when it happens when you're trying to get your life back on track.
1: But yeah, he was a protege of uh, Diamond Dallas Page, I believe.
0: Yeah, for trying D-D-D- to get, DDP yoga. Yeah, get his life back on track. Well,
1: that's that's that sucks. yeah,
0: it definitely does. And we'll move away from the losses. Our thoughts are go out to the families of those who have been lost. But let's move into an episode that uh, we're gonna cover a Netflix movie. But I have my picks of the week. And I have uh, a few of them. So let's start with DC, because uh, this movie doesn't take place in any universe. Although there are several references to several universes. But uh, let's start with DC. It's Batman, Superman, World's Finest, number one. The Dark Knight, the Man of Steel, they are the two finest superheroes that the world has ever known. And they're together again in an epic new series from legendary talents, of Mark Wade and Dan Mora. In the not so di- in the not too distant past, Superman's powers are supercharged from a devastating chemical attack by the villain Metallo, and the only ally that the ultra powerful Man of Tomorrow can turn to in this turbulent hour is Gotham's own Dark Vengeance, the Batman. A nearly fatal burst of power drives Batman, or uh, drives Bruce Wayne, to his own extreme measures to help his friends, enlisting none other than the Doom Patrol for aid. It's the world's greatest superheroes from the world's greatest comic book talent in an epic comic book experience that kicks off the next big events in the DCU. Get ready, it's time to soar. So you've got Batman, you've got Superman, 1A, 1B of the most famous DC superheroes, and the Doom Patrol. Is this something that you're going to be picking up?
1: Uh, probably not um i don't know it just seems kind of a weird combo
0: yeah well batman and superman no but no 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 definitely the addition of the doom patrol that's something that definitely seems like a weird combo yeah uh so it could get a little trippy uh it could i mean possibly ground the doom patrol so we'll see where they go with this one uh let's go to image and we've got Slumber, uh, an ongoing series from the twisted minds of Tyler Burton Smith from Kung Fury and Child's Play, and rising star artist Vanessa Cardinale. Stetson is a nightmare hunter, a dream detective. She runs a shoddy back alley business where she helps clients sleep at night by entering their dreams and killing their nightmares. But Stetson's past comes back to haunt her when she tracks down a literal living nightmare, a serial killer that murders people in their sleep. This one, out of the three, seems the most intriguing to me because the idea yeah it does. the idea sounds very cool. It's kind of like it's kind of like if somebody went in to hunt Freddy Krueger. You know what I mean? Like it's like Monsters yeah. Inc going into your head with a shotgun. So, this isn't this on? is an image one, so uh it's definitely going to be on my pickup list, but I'm very excited for this one. That's in that's in shops this Wednesday. And then finally in Marvel, uh we've got Carnage number 1. And it's, it's by uh Ram 5 or Ram V, I don't know. Let's go. I think it's Ram V. Let's go Ram V uh with art from Francisco Mana. And years ago, the Venom symbiote spawned and its offspring bonded to serial killer Cletus Cassidy. All of this we know. Imbued with incredible strength, speed, endurance, and power similar to those of the amazing Spider-Man, Cassidy and his extraterrestrial other share a unique bond and have long terrorized the Marvel Universe as Carnage. Though Cassidy's physical body was destroyed and separated from the original symbiote, his consciousness entered as a codex in the symbiote hive. Recently, He was able to implant his codex into the x one of Null's symbiote dragons, fused with Iron Man's tech. In the process, Cletus shed his longtime companion. Spurned, the hostless hostless symbiote, is now on the hunt, but what is the terrifying alien really after, and who will be his next victim? You're a Carnage guy. Is this something that you're going to pick up?
1: Um, maybe... I mean, I've read – the last thing I read was Carnage, uh, what, black, white, and red. It was kind of cool, different stories. Um, Probably, I mean, I'll have to – I'm not going to the comic book store this week, but uh, I'll definitely probably contact Liz and tell her to add that to my list.
0: Yeah, I know you were a Carnage guy, and I figured that this was going to be one that we were going to pick up uh, because it's not an anthology series. It's more of an ongoing series, which – those black, white, and reds are more of a, an anthology special special series from different talents getting their stabs at. Uh, yeah. It kind of feels like a tryout for some artists, right, when they get the black, white, and blood. It, it totally does because,
1: see, like, what can you do? Yeah. And you've read them, right?
0: Yeah, I've read Carnage. I've read Elektra. There were some other ones that I've read. Wolverine had one.
1: The best Carnage one, I think, was the one it was like uh, the Pirate.
0: Yeah, I did like that one a on lot.
1: Ship. like that was. I mean, there, some of them were really good, but that one, you know, sticks out more than any of them because it was so different.
0: Yeah, and you know, I don't really know where I stand with Ram V. He's. He. I think he was doing. Um, a lot of DC. work. Yeah, he was doing Justice League Dark for a while, and yeah. he'd done some Batman, and he's on. You know, Ram V's on the on the rise. I'm saying he it might be a woman, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll touch back next week and, and discuss. Our thoughts on that. But let's kind of jump into spoiler territory. In the next Netflix universe, The Adam Project, um, starring Ryan Reynolds, Jennifer Garner, Mark Ruffalo, who, you know, that was the big three that were, you know, that they were touted. Uh, they introduced an actor named Walker Scoble, who we'll talk about. And then, bonus surprise, Zoe Saldana. So... I knew she was in well, it. Well, I knew she was in it too, but she wasn't one of the ones that was <laughs> No, no, yeah. like really really brought to the the fray. And also, uh we can't forget about Katherine Keener, which
1: Yeah.
0: great role for her. Um never seen her as like a bad guy. And I thought that that nah. was great. So, let's kind of dive into the, the spoiler territory and just give me your your overall sense of of this movie. Where do you stand with it?
1: Um I was pretty high on when this uh came out or uh, announced it was came out because like, okay, Netflix, like it's pretty big, you know, I won't say blockbuster, but had, you know, a lot of recognizable stars, uh, a good director who hasn't really done a lot of action sci-fi. You know, he's obviously he's done some of the uh, Stranger Things because he's produced and directed some. But, you know, I know him from the Night at the Museum movies. yeah And, you know, I was like, okay, it's a different take. And he did Free Guy. And Free Guy was like an action comedy. Um, But I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie. You know, time travel can get a little muddy. Yeah. Time travel movies, because it doesn't exist. So, you know, uh, the space-time continuum and, you know, all that. And people have their theories like, oh, this can't work and this won't work. But at the end of the day, I enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought it was a decent story. And I think The Shining Star was young Adam.
0: Yeah, Walker Scoble. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I totally agree I, with you on that one. Uh, his his acting performance was fantastic. The honestly, the first thing I wrote on my notes while I was watching this is I'd I imagine Walker Scoble playing young Adam as a young Ryan Reynolds would be. So I I consider that a perfect casting.
1: And you know what? I said that the same thing. I was like, this kid, like the mannerisms, even the look, like he had that like it wasn't you ever watch a movie and you're like, there is no way that person is growing up to be that person. Yeah, like all the, the time. The casting's way off. They don't look right. But he got the snarkiness of Ryan Reynolds, which a lot of time Ryan Reynolds, a lot of his movies, he kinda plays the same snarky character. Um this kid, Walker Schobel, got it perfect. Like he got the cadence. He's got his snarkiness and even the mannerisms. I think some of the times when he delivered these snarky jokes, I was like, it looks exactly like Ryan Reynolds.
0: Yeah. And kind of the, to piggyback off of that, the, the times when they were speaking in unison, like it was, it was very on point. Like I really enjoyed their relationship. Their banter between them was really good. Um, It was, it was, this was a movie that like, in terms of being high on, um, I wasn't as high as you said you were. This was something that I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Like, I like the cast. You know, you've got uh, you got Electro, You got the Hulk. You got Deadpool. Like, you got the the chick from The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Like, it's got a good cast. Gamora. Yeah, Gamora, yes. I, you know, for a while, I forgot that she was in the movie. And when they showed her picture, I was like, oh, yeah, Chuck's probably going to give us a 10. But I, re- I really did enjoy this movie. And to kind of go off of what you said about time travel... Um, I enjoyed the science behind it. Um, yeah, it wasn't too far fetched to be unbelievable, and the time travel and the the expl- explanation of the time travel was also believable. You know, there was there was parts that were definitely way sci-fi, like the the lightsabers and you know the fa- the fo- <laughs> the faux lightsabers, the lightsaber nunchuck. And, like, the the, the cloaking ships, like, yeah, that was straight out of, like, Tomorrow War, this is a sci-fi movie, like, I get it. But, like, even when they travel back to 2018, and when we finally see Mark Ruffalo for, what, the last 20 minutes of the movie, even his explanation of the the time travel was great. And it, it kind of, like, Mark Ruffalo, I would believe if he wasn't an actor, he'd be a scientist. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like... Not even just in his look, but he strikes me as he's a very intelligent, uh, intelligent guy, and he plays those smart roles very, very well. And his explanation of the wormholes and how it's in theory, and how he was right on board with the, you know, your fixed time versus you know parallel interactions. Like I thought that that was really mm-hmm. good, and even just like the fact that he knew that that was Adam sitting in that chair was. Really, like it just showed like how far ahead he was in the game. Yeah, and I thought that that was really yeah. good. And the other aspect that I like is the ship
1: coded to your DNA. Yeah, and the ship, you know, he's like, I'm hurt, so the ship won't allow me to access it. So I need your DNA, which is my DNA, and you're not hurt. So I thought that was really cool how they kind of got around that, like. Like, I've never seen anything. like, obviously, we've seen a lot of stuff, guns and different things coded to your DNA. But the fact that it had a safeguard, it won't let you drive because you're injured.
0: Yeah, and also uh, won't let you have anybody on board with you, which is why Laura wasn't able to yeah, be on board with Adam. He, she had to, you know, fight uh, – what was his name? Cyrillus or whatever. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, once Zoe – I don't know. Forget her name, uh Zoe Saldana joined the the fray. I was like, all right, this is where the action really set up because like you definitely had your acts. You had the act one of the atoms interacting, the explanation of time travel. Your act two, the a- the action between the atoms, Laura and Sorian, which I thought was really good. And then you had act three in the past to save the future, uh, and it was more emotional. At the, the end of Act 2 and the beginning of Act 3 like the the goodbye between uh, mm-hmm. Laura and Adam I thought was extremely emotional and that kind of sets up your secondary future mission where she he has to go find Laura in the future in 20 2050 2060 where Terminator is the best day of, of the time yeah
1: like, i like they i like that they use a lot of pop culture references you know with the lightsabers and terminator like it was it was cool it made
0: him more believable yeah like when that, when adam jumps into young adam jumps into the i guess the the lab and he uses the the quote-unquote lightsaber and he does he says superior landing i felt that that was great yeah. like yeah. i was like this is just like it's it's a fandom movie set around mm-hmm time travel and i thought that that was brilliant did you catch like the the real big um i guess easter eggs in this movie about the pop culture
1: uh if you tell them i might have recognized but not off the top of my head all
0: right so let's fast forward to the end real quick and we'll we'll go back um they're gonna have that catch and they're opening the tote and the tote had a deadpool and hulk sticker on it
1: yeah, I didn't – I read about it. I didn't see
0: it. Yeah, I noticed it immediately, paused it, rewinded it to show Chelsea. Like that's just like – it's so it's so meta because you have Deadpool and the Hulk. And I thought that that was very, very cool that you actually had a chance to see like the characters that they play. And like it kind of foreshadows the future now with Sean Levy as we'll, we'll kind of go into that in a little bit. Uh what did you think of the fight scenes and the the tech of the fight scenes?
1: I thought they were believable. Like it wasn't this had good CGI, but it wasn't like over the top. Um I think the, you know, and he didn't really dive into it and I thought that was good like when they kind of dissipate it and he's like what happened? He's like oh when you die outside your timeline
0: it's, it gets you know. messy.
1: Yeah and that's and that was it and I was like I'm okay with that like just kind of like okay you're not from the timeline you die you're you just kind of dissipate and I thought that was pretty cool um like I said I thought the CGI was real clean I thought the fight scenes were pretty clean and you know even though it was a quote unquote lightsaber I thought that was pretty cool I thought uh, they did a good job with the choreograph
0: yeah I totally agree with you like this this in no part is like an excellent perfect movie right but nah in in terms of a Netflix action movie with a really good cast i think they capitalized honestly i think this is better than red notice i'll
1: tell you right now it's probably my favorite netflix original movie that i've seen in a very long time ooh
0: that's a that's a loaded one though because you got extraction which was great At, ex- yeah extraction it was. was great uh powers of the dog did you see that yet
1: I did. Um, We're going to go back to what we said. This is a movie. Power of the Dog was a
0: film. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you Uh, said Netflix original, so.
1: Yeah, but you know what? As terms as my liking, I would put that above that because I I enjoyed it more. Now, Power of the Dog was an excellent film.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're also. There's also a possibility of a future episode where we're also going to talk about a Netflix film called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, you know, film or dog shit? I mean, Um, one would the director would say film. You and I would say other things, which we don't want to spoil in our episode. (laughs) Um, But to the fight scenes, I I did enjoy the fight scenes. I thought the one with uh, Laura and Adam was the best when they were outside of the house in the woods. I thought that 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 by far like that was a very clean choreographed fight scene. Um, I also do like that they kinda of left everything vague so you wouldn't have the trolls online in like the the add on project Facebook group saying, Well, this was unbelievable because they just dissipated and they said that, you know, your molecular levels went from A to B to Z. And like, I'm glad that they left that vague. Because in time travel movies, that's the biggest thing. Like, does the science hold up? And a lot of people critique that. And I thought that this was they left they explained what they needed to and leaving the rest open to interpretation was very, very smart. Did you see the the PSA that they did for Daylight Savings Time on Instagram? No, I didn't. Oh dude, you have to watch it. It's Mark Ruffalo and Adam uh and Ryan Reynolds, number one, they were fantastic on screen together. Yeah. For the for the short time that we got them, but I want to see more movies with them in it. Um but they're talking about Daylight Savings Time. And they say we need someone to explain time better. And they brought Christopher Lloyd in. <laughs> D- Dude, I got chills. Like, just and like Christopher Lloyd talking about time and like how you lose an hour, but you don't realize that you're actually losing an hour. Like, I got chills watching it. It's on Instagram. I think it's Netflix's Instagram. You have to, you have yeah, to I'll see check it. it out. Because also, I mean, Christopher Lloyd, 87 years old, still looking good. Yeah, we met him. Yeah, I mean, seventeen years ago, but he was yeah. da- dapper as shit. He's got like that, he has got the best swag as an eighty-seven year old man that I've ever. I seen. I
1: mean, the last time I saw him was uh, nobody.
0: Yeah, where he was great. He was great. Yeah, nobody. he was
1: amazing. Him and RZA and Bob Odenkirk fighting like yeah, you never would think of that as a combo. You got Saul RZA and Doc Brown fighting, but it was amazing. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean it was a very unlikely combo but it it worked. Um, another thing that I really liked about this movie was the way it was shot. Um, I like I like weird shoot scenes and like weird like camera angles, but then I also like the classic ones where they like they give you like a, that you're like traditional indie movie shot and I think yeah. the one that I'm talking about and you know you can you can disagree or agree with me, but when the Adams are having that heart to heart on the park on the the bench outside of the the Pine Ridge Motel, and yeah. it's it's kind of dark. You can see them in the forefront, but the background, the focal point is that Pine Ridge Hotel, and it gave me like nostalgic like old seventies eighties movie vibes. And I thought that that was a smart move uh, by the cinematographer and by uh, Sean Levy. What did you think about the way it was shot?
1: I thought it was great. Um, the The only thing that I thought was kind of weird was like the housing and the outside. Like you could tell that it was a stage. Yeah. Um, it, like it wasn't believable that it was actually outside. But uh, the way it was shot was cool. Like I said, you know, um, I, th- I thought it had very good special effects, very good cinematography. Um, I think overall it was a good movie.
0: Yeah, I mean there there were some holes in in some of the Definitely. the CGI, some of the some of the stuff just didn't work for me, but there was, you know, there was comedy and there was heart to it, like when yeah. Ryan Reynolds character is talking Jennifer Lawrence's character, uh, who is his mom, Gardner. yeah, Je- uh, Jennifer Gardner, yeah, uh, he's talking to his mom, and he's just explaining like that. You know Adam does love him, love her, and yeah, you know you just ha- he'll come back, he'll bounce back, and then you see the complete different relationship between forty-four-year-old Adam and his father Mark Ruffalo, who who dies in the beginning of the movie. We don't see him die, but there's all of that, and it takes younger Adam to be like, listen, dude, like I understand, like we all grieve differently, but. You created most of the hatred for our father uh, by forgetting the important details, and I thought that that was great. And it was like the full circle moment where where Adam was like, older Adam was like, the best part of me was you to the kid. And I thought that that was that was great. What, what like did you almost you don't cry, but did you almost cry when they had the the catch and? he went to go get the ball and he turned around. And they were, they were gone.
1: No, I thought it was sad. I don't yeah. really cry at movies, but, um, I thought it was sad. I thought it was a perfect way to end it.
0: Yeah. And
1: I... th- that scene, you know, uh, because the whole thing was, you know, he was like, Oh, dad wasn't there for me. Dad. For-, and older Adam was like, no, like th- this goes back to the, the Pine Ridge motel when he was like, he was so tired, but he always made sure that he had a catch with you. Yeah, younger so Adam said that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got mixed up. But well, like, there's, I
0: thought it was... It's easy to get mixed up with this movie. There's two the, Adams in this.
1: But I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really uh, a good send-off for the end of the movie.
0: Um, yeah. That scene and then, you know, the, the end scene where... Adam finds Laura again Mm -hmm. and like there is that kind of echo moment do you think he he actually remembered Laura from a past life because it seemed like younger Adam remembered the the words of wisdom like go hug your mother and he did that do you think that that line where older Adam in the future says I found you do you think that that was you're just Adam being snarky Or do you believe that that was like a genuine like recall to 2022 when Adam and uh, Laura were leaving another emotional moment and she says, you'll find me because you love me. I
1: I think they definitely maybe had a glimmer of remembrance from that time.
0: See, I think Adam did. I don't think Laura did.
1: No, I don't. I think it was. Yeah, definitely Adam.
0: Yeah, did you like the cheesy jokes, like, when um, Adam gets shot and there was, like, the fart noise that came out?
1: Yeah, no, the cheesy jokes were fun.
0: Yeah, see, yeah. I I, th- I, think that kind of took away from, like, there were a small glimpse, but, like, I think it kind of took away from it. And that was just, like, added in there because Ryan Reynolds is funny. Yeah. Like, that scene and, like, the snoring scene where he pretends to snore in the class. Like, I think that was all at, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, probably. So let's geek grade this. Also, soundtrack was great.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. I was like, this is a great soundtrack. I told my wife that we were watching it. I was like, I think this is really good.
0: Yeah, you know, one thing like, so the younger Adam, Ryan Reynolds, younger Adam, when he's in the future where he meets Laura, like I'm looking at him and I'm like, this dude hasn't aged. Like he looked like Van Wilder. And I like I don't know if they descaled him, but like he was great. Like I know Adam or I know Ryan Reynolds isn't for everybody, but I genuinely enjoy almost every movie that he's been in. Like I really yeah. do. Like if I were to put him, like he might make like crack top fifteen favorite actors. His movies are normally enjoyable. Yeah what's he, your he, what's your favorite? Ryan Reynolds movie because I've watched I think I've watched three Ryan Reynolds movies this last week I mean obviously
1: you know he was made for Deadpool yep um, but one that's really funny was it Just Friends
0: oh yes with Amy Smart uh,
1: yeah that movie's hilarious especially when he's fat Ryan Reynolds
0: mm mm-hmm.
1: um, you know he's really funny and I remember the first time I ever saw him was in a, a short-lived TV show Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza yep.
0: Place Get me too. That's where I kind of became a fan because I thought yeah, he I re- car- he carried that series.
1: Yeah, um, but like, if anything, probably Deadpool. Yeah, might be my favorite. Um, because it was just—I mean, he's perfect.
0: Yeah, I I really like Deadpool. Um, I liked I liked him in Safe House with Denzel.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: I liked him in Buried. Did you ever see that one?
1: That I have not seen.
0: That made me super uncomfortable. Uh, the Proposal, sure I, I really liked him in. Definitely, maybe. like He's got some good stuff out there. Waiting, obviously. Waiting's um, great. Amityville Horror, I thought he was good in. He was the one... I think Ryan Reynolds is the first actor to give me like a body image issue. After seeing him in Blade 3 and having like nine abs we like twelve abs, and I was like, "Jesus, Jesus Christ! Like I will never attain that." And he's that like, was like, he's even bigger like, in this movie.
1: That was like the first time I saw him, and was like, he actually looked like an action star because before that, he's done nothing but, but comedy. Yep, and you know he came in there and ripped his hell. I was like, okay,
0: yeah, that I think that's really when he he shifted from being just comedy to venturing out because like buried isn't a comedy or an action film it's more of a a thriller so i think like he he realized that like yeah i can be snarky for a lot of movies but like i do have to venture out and he can he still plays himself like every character he plays kind of reminds me of ryan reynolds himself yeah you know what i mean like i I because
1: his instagram's great and then like you know he's always poking fun at his wife and hugh jackman and he yeah, just seems and- like a decent
0: dude. Oh, and now he's poking fun at Rob McElhenney because they're co-owners oh. of Wrexham AFC, and they're like best friends. Yeah. So let's kind of jump to the future. Oh, did you geek grade this right? I'm sorry.
1: No, we have not.
0: All right. So give me a geek grader. I'm gonna call it eight point five. Eight point five. Wow, that's that's high. I I went I went eight point one. So, um, I mean, not far off. At first, I was like, let me give it a seven point six, but for what it's worth like as a Netflix movie like this was good this is it a good really start good. yeah this is a good start to that sizzle reel that they put out uh and this like i didn't realize this was coming out as soon as it did so this is definitely a watchable enjoyable movie you can show the family cuz there's not like crazy cursing uh there's not a lot of blood in this yeah. um the cool i think the coolest part honestly in my opinion was the ending where uh going to shoot uh, Lewis. Yeah. And he's like, okay, then shoot me. And at first, like, I thought, like, the young Ryan, was going to jump in and, like, take the bullet, and Lewis was still going to get killed. But then, when the bullet went forward and then it turned, I was like, oh my God, I forgot the magnetism. I thought yeah. that that was brilliant. It's I thought that was a very clever. cool scene. Yeah. Definitely a very, uh, very cool scene. So. You went eight five. I went eight one. I'm 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 here for it, man. This was a good movie. I'm glad we got this one. So now let's kind of jump into the future because it was announced that Sean Levy is going to direct Deadpool three. That's three movies in the ma- a matter of three years. Sean Levy, Ryan Reynolds. What do you like? Are you excited about this announcement? Are you what are you expecting from Sean Levy taking over Deadpool?
1: I'm okay with it. The only thing is, like, is it going to be R? Um, that's the biggest issue because, you know, the first two were R. Uh, I don't think Sean Levy's ever done anything R. Uh, you know, he does more family-friendly movies with, you know, Free Guy was pretty family-friendly and especially The Night in the Museums. But, um, you know, obviously he has a good uh, working relationship with Ryan Reynolds doing, you know, two movies in the past couple years. Yep. So – I'm okay with it. I'm I'm okay, you know, he's he's shown that he can do bigger blockbuster style movies. Yeah. And he he also can bring uh the comedy out as well. So.
0: Yeah, I mean he has, he has a working relationship with Disney because of Free Guy. Yeah. Um it's going to be an R-rated movie. It's the only R-rated movie on their, on the MCU's docket right now, which is which is fantastic. I read a rumor that Jim Carrey was going to be involved in this at some point. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel feel about that, but you know, you're know you getting the the Bobsburgers writers to write it, so you know you're going to get some punny jokes. Obviously, Ryan Reynolds is going to have a huge input in this, which I think he had a huge input in the last two movies, which I'm here for. Uh, what I would like this to happen full circle is I'd like to see Rob McElhenney get cast it. If I'm being honest, um, he's got the superhero body. And if I have my guess, so let's say for all intents and purposes, they bring back Cable, they bring back Mm -hmm. Colossus, and Domino. Let's say that those are the three that they bring back, right? Would they go Mr. Sinister? I don't think so. I think Mr. Sinister is not the villain for this universe. I think he would be the villain for the X-Men yeah for Deadpool I think they should go with Madcap and I think that's where Rob McElhenney comes in because Madcap is just as snarky and just as a a douche as Deadpool (laughs) and I think I think Rob McElhenney would play perfectly
1: yeah I mean I'm not super familiar with Madcap but uh I know him from Always Sunny and he definitely can play a douche so
0: yeah and he's still ripped like yeah, I, obviously we've watched Mythic Quest. We watched the la- I watched the last season. Of it's always sunny. I'm not sure if you have. No, but I have not. It's it's fantastic, and Mac is is a brilliant in that one. But I follow both of these guys on Instagram, and yeah. um, uh, uh, my God, Rob McElhenney was at the Imagine Dragons show with his wife Caitlin Olsen, and they reenacted the music video that they're in, where like they're Dan Reynolds mm-hmm. from Imagine Dragons and Rob are shirtless singing and he's still diesel yeah so this is the way to get in you know glenn howerton from always sunny auditioned for star lord way back when right charlie hasn't been cast as anything albeit like i could see charlie being cast as a voice actor for like maybe modok yeah i think that that would pretty be pretty cool but i think this is your in like megal and reynolds have a really good relationship Reynolds seems to take care of his people, as does McElhenney, and this I think this would be a good, good start for him. Like jump into the Deadpool universe as a one-off villain, or you know maybe he joins the the fray as a multiversal character, like the first X Men to jump in. I don't know. Maybe he they reboot Black Tom Cassidy from jail, and it's uh it's Rob McElhenney. But I think that that's a, I think I'd like to see him in. The MCU at some point,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: and that could lead to Danny DeVito joining the DCU or the MCU. I mean, physically, he's got the body. He could have been, he could have been pipped to troll without any CGI.
1: He definitely could be pipped to troll.
0: Yeah, I mean, Patton oswald great voice for it. Danny DeVito, perfect body for it. Oh man, God, that would be so good. But like that was just me spitballing in terms of Rob McElhaney. I'm gonna, re- we're gonna, we have to do a, a fan casting at some point. We haven't done one in a very long time, so maybe we'll, maybe we'll do an MCU X Men casting. I, uh, be,
1: I mean, we've done it a while ago, but now that the MCU, because uh, Marvel didn't have it at the time. I don't. No, think. we were
0: just guessing. So maybe we'll do that in the near future. But listen, we're gonna get out of here. That's it. Next week. I don't think there's anything big coming out. Um we've got a couple weeks until Halo, got a couple weeks until Moon Knight. So next week, Chuck, we're going to talk about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: <laughs> Yay.
0: Yeah, uh because I feel like we need to talk about. It. We haven't talked horror in a while. No. And uh is this horror? I don't know. I don't know what I, I know how I feel about this movie and it's already been geek rated. <laughs> But we're going to have to talk about it. So we'll be back next week. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We'll have my picks of the week. I feel like that's going to be a short episode. So maybe we should jump into the boys trailer and break that down a little bit. Maybe talk about the boys diabolical depending on where we're at with it. But um, that's it. We're going to get out of here. Follow us on social media. The Active Geek Podcast. Follow Chuck on social media. He's still at home. So you can reach out to him and talk to him. Chuck underscore The Active Geek. Uh follow Galaxy Wars, we'll be back this upcoming weekend. Cage my Q, follow Gym Class Uh Sports, that's my new show. And uh yeah, we'll be back with a, a rousing review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Soft sequel set forty years later with a ninety five year old um leatherface. So fifty
1: years. Fifty years.
0: Fifty years. So he's a hundred and ten. So <laughs> And he could barely lift a chainsaw. But we'll be back with with our spoiler-filled review of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But for the Active Geek Podcast, I am Jim. I am Chuck. And we are out.